0: For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au. Well, yes, uh, as uh, we said just before the news, um, we almost handed uh, a second loss of the weekend last night with uh, New Zealand cricket side getting out of jail. The first time of uh, three one day internationals between the Black Caps and Ireland uh, took, par- took, uh, park. It, uh, took place, I should say, in Malahide. Uh, chasing a target of 301 to win, it was almost a game undone for the side led by Tom Latham if it weren't for some amazing. Uh, hitting power from Michael Bracewell at the end. One ball, just one ball was uh, left to be played when the result was decided. New Zealand chasing down 301 after having to get 20 runs off the final over. Ireland uh, on the other, uh, really uh, are a side uh, on the way up. They've already beaten sides like the West Indies. They've beaten England. They've beaten South Africa. And they damn near got us as well. Uh, Joining us now from TalkSport in the UK is a cricket editor, commentator and the host of the Following On podcast, a very well-known Jonathan Norman. Jonathan, thank you very much for your time. I know it's a little bit late over there, but man, what a game of cricket uh, you called overnight.
1: Oh, absolutely. And and thanks for inviting me on the show. Um, Yeah, it was an incredible game of cricket. And truth be told... Um, we weren't expecting that you know the team assembled uh, got together and and for much of the contest um, apart from uh, perhaps the first ten overs of Ireland's innings you know it, it it looked like it was going to be Ireland's win. You know, they they, they put a score on the board themselves, 300 for nine. Harry Tector, uh, certainly a, a guy to keep an eye on. You know, he scored five consecutive 50s in white ball cricket now. He shone against the, India in the T20 series that took place uh, at the weekend. And um, you know, this was uh, an undercooked, um, experimental New Zealand side, shorn of you know three or four world class players, and not quite there for the taking. But when they lost uh, two or three early ones, Latham had a real marginal leg before wicket decision go against him. Nichols edged uh, behind, and and you just felt Ireland were in control. They got experience throughout their bowling lineup. Uh, uh, New Zealand was struggling to get the ball away. to hasn't played any cricket since April. You know he just about managed to get fifty, but when he departed. You really thought the game was up because uh, New Zealand seemed to be a batter light um, and then up stepped Michael Bracewell to put to to conjure up one of the dare I say one of the great 50 over performances it was absolutely incredible.
0: 127 off 82 balls he'll, he'll be remembered of course for you know the breaking uh, I think it's the world record now for the number of runs conceded off uh, the last over in any one day international uh, it's particularly a run chase scenario but 127 off 82 balls. That's remarkable.
1: Well, what was made it even more remarkable was the fact that he, he, he flicked through the gears because his first 50, um, you know, were nowhere near that in terms of the run rate. He really played the, the match situation particularly well. And for a guy that was only playing his fourth ODI, bearing in mind, you know, like a lot of New Zealand cricketers, he's come into the uh, international setup with a lot of cricket behind him, you know. He's not a youngster. But the way he played the conditions, the way he played the game situation, and just the unflappability about the bloke, despite the fact that, you know, he was involved in a run-out with East Sodi, which really looked like it was going to be the end of the game. 217-8 to eight at that point. Um, the fact that uh, at the other end, Lockie Ferguson was struggling to get the ball away, Matt Henry, 8-ball dark. Even in amongst all of this, he managed to put the pressure back on Ireland. And one of our commentators, Kath Dalton, who used to play for Ireland, she could see it a lot earlier than myself or Ian O'Brien or Neil Manthorpe could. She could see it. She was saying, look, you can see the Ireland bowlers are starting to doubt themselves here. And New Zealand still needed the best part of 50. They only had one or two wickets left, but she was proved to be right.
0: So uh, this Harry Tector is, uh, as you say, a name that we should look out for. I mean, Ireland were in trouble when he came to the crease. What, what did you make, I mean, Tom Latham, you went, when you send a side in, um, Jonathan, when you send a side in, uh, you don't expect you're going to concede 300 runs. Uh, is that fair? What, what did you make of the New Zealand bowling performance?
1: I oh, thought, I thought done that, that was terrific. Nope, are you still there, Smithy? I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm, carry on, I'm, mate. I'm, yep. I've got the question. Um, look, uh, Tom Latham was asked after the the, the, the match whether, whether he made a mistake. Essentially, he should have batted first. Ian O'Brien was of the opinion that possibly it was a defensive move because he was a bit unsure about the batting and wanted to take in, take advantage of the overheads. Um, look, I thought Lockie Ferguson looked terrific. Uh, Matt Henry and Ferguson were searching for their line of lengths, you know, which is understandable. But they they you know Lockie Ferguson bowled fast. Uh, Henry had the nip and you know they got on top of uh, Ireland early but i think where they struggled was what came after that blair tickner bowled relatively well considering he hasn't bowled in ireland before and he hasn't played a lot of cricket but there was there wasn't much coming back there wasn't much after that isodi was brought on probably five or six overs earlier than really Latham would have wanted. Bracewell did it with the ball, but uh, with the bat, but it didn't really make any inroads with the ball. So they seem to me to be one bowler light, uh, and maybe that's an area they'll seek to address. Not a lot, to be honest, waiting to come in with Milne, with a little niggle. So um, I didn't think they were, apart from where Ferguson was on, they didn't look like they were they were going to take wickets too often. You know, it was more down to batsman error, really. So didn't really overly impress. But when you consider the bowlers that aren't playing and the fact that, you know, there's very little experience in that side, I think that, uh, mm. you know, Martin Guptill has played as much as many ODIs as nine of the other members of the New Zealand side, if you take Tom Lathan out of it, pretty much. So an experimental side, a, a new side, and one that aren't used to the conditions. Um, you know, I, but I do think that they got out of they got out of jail a little bit today.
0: Yeah, I think there's no doubt about that. It's the one that Ireland will rue, um, of course. But uh, let's talk about um, the strength of associate cricket, then, uh, can we? I mean. You know, uh, Ireland, of course, uh, it wouldn't have been a fluke if they beat New Zealand because, of course, they've done it to major nations before. Uh, How's the the strength and the development of Irish cricket as you see it?
1: Well, I think that the World Super League, which is the uh, the changes brought in, which essentially meant that all of the... um, uh, I mean, they are full members, aren't they? But teams like Ireland and Netherlands, they essentially have to play you know, uh, the likes of England and New Zealand and Pakistan. And it just meant to to essentially qualify for the World Cup. Um, And it's something the ICC are getting rid of, which is an absolute farce in itself. You know, finally, Netherlands have got a summer of cricket involving New Zealand, Pakistan and England. Ireland have got the same. And the other thing is Ireland just played India in two T20s. Ireland came within a, a six of chasing down 227 in the T20 against India, and India's side have just walloped England, you know. So mm-hmm. they need these games if they're to progress, and unfortunately, the ICC and in its infinite wisdom have actually put together something that works, and after the, this cycle of games culminating in the World Cup in India next year, they're taking it away again, so uh, good. It, it's, it's always a case of one step forward, two steps back.
0: It is bizarre. It is absolutely bizarre when you put some together and it finally comes to fruition. Why you turn round and gazampa, I, I just can't understand uh, the scenario behind that. I, I've got to say, uh, look, we can't let you go without uh, a quick review, Jonathan. Of course, you'd, you've kept a, a very close eye on England and uh, the, the, the way they've just turned this uh, around, not only against New Zealand but against uh, India as well. I mean. Uh, I think I I thought there'd be a change, but I don't think anyone anticipated it would be a change for the better to this degree. Did
1: you? Oh, absolutely not. You know, I I thought there'd be a short term bounce because it couldn't get any worse. One win from seventeen. Um I kind of had the feeling that New Zealand were struggling a little bit. They they certainly weren't where they were last year. They, they just lost to Bangladesh at home. They lost to South Africa at home as well. So, you know, this isn't this isn't the New Zealand side that maybe toured England twelve months ago. But boy, I mean, you know, I've watched a lot of England cricket over the last ten years and the last two or three years have been typified by, you know, timid cricket, conservative cricket um, you know, cricket lacking in ticker, uh, cricket uh, lacking in, in ad- any anything approaching adventurousness, you know, and it's just as though Brendan McCullum and Ben Stokes have just flicked a light switch and suddenly it's all changed now, I'm still not quite sold on the idea that Pat Cummins Josh Hazelwood and Mitchell Stark are quaking in their boots about coming over to England next summer, but suddenly it looks like we might have a contest, but One thing I will say is this, whilst you've just got to enjoy, from an English perspective, what has taken place over the last four test matches, there are similarities between um, the the challenge that England faced. All three test matches against New Zealand, uh, essentially, they came up against a team with three bowlers. You know, there was Sean of Collins of home in the first test, as well as uh, Patel, who only bowled two overs. Sean of Carl Jameson in the second test. And then in the third test, because they went in with three seamers and Michael Bracewell, who's hit out the attack so quickly again. So there is that. The other thing is, um, you know, they're coming up against undercooked sides. India have essentially flown into player test and flown out again. Um, and New Zealand as well were undercooked for the first Test match. The other thing, Smithy, is I've still got a funny feeling about this ball that they've used. You know, you're essentially seeing teams trying to change it after every over. It's not giving either side any hint of reverse. The pitches are staying very true. That Trent Bridge track just looked as good on day five as it did on day one. So I've got a feeling we will look back at this summer and we'll say it was a brilliant experience. Um, But if that ball starts reverting back to the duke's ball that we uh, we know and love the conditions with the pitches and also uh, you know England aren't able to chase in fourth innings you might see uh, a different story but you know you just got to enjoy it because a cricket for the first time in years is putting smiles on people's faces and and that's got to be appreciated
0: brilliant absolutely brilliant uh, scenario and uh, nice nice for England cricket uh, because i know how passionate the fans are over there as are uh, the commentators yourself included uh jonathan thank you so much for your time this morning thanks for uh staying up late to review that uh, one day international for us and of course uh, the next one is just around the corner as well so uh we'll wait uh, with interest to see if new zealand can play a little bit more <clears throat> convincingly shall we say jonathan thank you very much jonathan norman uh travel well stay well thank you
1: thank you very much matey anytime
0: it, yeah, cheers. Jonathan Norman there calling it, uh, of course, uh, out of uh, Ireland, Malahide Stadium uh, at stadium in Malahide. Absolutely beautiful little boutique venue, isn't it? Gorgeous place to play cricket. Uh, and uh, I think the other factor that we've got to look uh, back into as well, our premium slow white ball bowler is Mitchell Santner. There's no doubt about that. And his ability to put the brakes on and to bowl some relatively tight overs is one of the strengths of the New Zealand side. He wasn't there either. Uh, And I think that's a a big thing. But the fact of the matter is our spinners continue to get plundered and it doesn't seem to matter who it is. We're bowling against. It's an issue, no doubt
1: about it. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.